Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the Omni Talk Fast Five. It is March 6th, 2020, and we're all still here in studio at Third House in Minneapolis. Yes, we're still breathing. Emma, the intern, is on spring break. God, you remember those days, guys? Spring break. Beautiful Colorado. Yeah, she's in Colorado. Do you remember that? What was your most illustrious spring break trip? Carter DJed every spring break. Right. And where was he? Like way. South Padre Island or something? I was hard at work advancing my career, guys. It was not fun. It was hard work day st- in and day out. We still don't know Carter's DJ name either. So if you are listening out there and you want to send that our way, yeah, right. please do so. What was yours, Anne? Ooh, um, definitely Daytona Beach senior year of high school. Dayton- wow. Okay. Made it. Made, got my friend home from jail uh, minutes <laughs> before my grandparents picked us up to take us back to the airport. It was a memorable one. Man, I should have given Ben Shine the parental advisory warning on that one. But uh, yeah. Oh, my- Ben. You don't. You. My parents didn't know until I was like until like five years ago. So yeah. it's fine. <laughs> We're still thinking of you, Ben. Mine was Havasu. You know, because I'm a southwestern kid. Oh, yeah. That's the big lake, right? Yeah, the big lake in north, basically like the border of Arizona and California where everyone just goes and, you know, it's fun. It was fun. It was a blast. It was a blast. Although not as cool as I expected it to be. Uh, man, there were a ton of stories this week. Um, we've got some great stories from the likes of a Panera, Walmart, Target, uh, some really cool news from 7-Up. and 7-Up. Spe- 7-Up, geez. 7-Eleven. <laughs> New flavors, extra <laughs> carbonation. <laughs> That'd be one hell of a retail innovation. <laughs> oh my God. Did Wouldn't you guys it, see the email from Dirty Lemon, by the way? No. LaCroix sucks. Did you see that? I, I did. Yeah, I saw it. I forwarded it to you. I no, think I was going to send it to you. I guess I'm not on the, the Oh, email you got to tell list. Carter about it. So, Carter, speaking of new flavors, so uh, Dirty Lemon launched their other brands that they're coming out with, which is essentially just a competitor to sure. LaCroix. And yeah. the email they sent out to everybody was like, LaCroix is for losers. <laughs> and then it's just a picture of their new what bottled beverage I can't recall the name of, but I can't you know, tell if it's genius or roll, they've just thrown in the towel. They're just riding right. dirty. They're just riding dirty. That's always been their thing, though, and I wonder if that's ever going to get old. Right. At some point, it runs dry, right? That's just yeah. that's marketing buzz. It's sizzle, like you always say. Sizzle. Uh, and then we have an awesome story uh, uh, in ter- uh, surrounding, jeez, having trouble today, surrounding Alibaba's new formats of their Fresh Hippo store. This one's really cool. Anne's got some exciting news to share there. Stuff that didn't make the cut that I think is important that we should share Tommy Bahama is actually getting even further into the restaurant and retail game. Yes. Uh, So Tommy Bahama announced this week that they're going into the casual format. So right now, if you don't know, Tommy Bahama puts out, they have 17 restaurants in 160 of their stores. Um, 17 of them have restaurants, but they're kind of a high-end dining experience. But now they're going into the uh, casual scene, um, which I think is they're really underrated. Like they've been doing this for several years and nobody talks about them, but I just talked to some people. We were out in Palm Springs last week. Like that one is one of the best known restaurants. Like nearly Michelin star rated. Yeah. And it pounded. I mean, who knew? The reason I think we mentioned it too is like, who knew Tommy Bahama was the kind of, Setting the pace on the retail and restaurant industry combination here. Yeah. But they are. It's kind of it's kind of might wild. also depend on their demographic as I'm watching Carter's face right, right. Is that what, what you're does pounded mean? <laughs> <laughs> that thing pounded. I was so curious. Also, guess, not, also not appropriate so, for I'm Ben so, Shine's children. I'm so confused. Is that like it's 
pounding cool. out volume. It was doing a lot of volume. There was a lot of people there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, you know, we'll just go with it. <laughs> that might be the greatest 30 seconds in the history of Omni <laughs> Talk. Oh, man. And then there were some other cool stories that, like, that we have to mention. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond has a new chief merchant whose background is entirely Walgreens and CPG. I can't make heads or tails of that. Total head scratcher for me. If you know anyone wants to weigh in on that on social media, please go ahead and do. Um, Underlying and- story there too is that they're just the plan that he's about to execute is just creating privately owned brands by Bed Bath and Beyond. So it sounds like Mark Tritton is repeating what he did at Target. So which is sort of to be expected, but again, it's yeah. home furnishings, like brands and home furnishings versus like the standard kind of things that you carry in a Walgreens. And by the way, when did Walgreens last do well? Like I looked at their stock last year; it's down like twenty dollars from the start of the year. So I I don't know. It, that one has I have a lot of questions there. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting was Rockets of Awesome uh, is laying off half of their staff and also shuttering their uh, New York store. So I just think that one's fancy or interesting because it, again, just kind of shows you that at scale, not everyone in the world needs what rich people think they need to get through uh, their life month after month. That's you know my opinion on that one. Well, and I wonder what's going to happen with the resale trend too that was so mm-hmm. hot at e-tail, especially with right. kids. Like For That kids? just makes so much sense. For and sure. so I think if it's as popular as it is in the adult sector, it's probably going to find its way to kids too, which likely had an impact there. For sure. All right. Well, let's get to the top stories. But first... We need to do a word from our sponsors. We do. Okay. Of course, our first sponsor is Trigo. Trigo is developing the most advanced AI and computer vision-based checkout-free system for the grocery industry. Using standard cameras and proprietary algorithms, Trigo converts real-sized stores, introducing a frictionless shopping experience. Together with Tesco, Trigo is currently piloting the world's largest checkout-free store. To learn more, you can visit www.trigo.tech. And of course, Insignia. I'm excited. Insignia is the leader in in-store and mobile marketing. Forward-looking and nimble, Insignia pushes the boundaries for others to follow with a suite of tactics, including signage, merchandising, display, and mobile. Insignia is the right partner to attract new shoppers and grow your business. Insignia, be discovered. And for those of you that have been, that are loyal listeners and being paying close attention, Expo West this past week was canceled. Uh, not sure what the status is of the conference itself, but the Pitch Slam competition that Insignia is sponsoring will continue to go forward. The That's still alive and well. Still alive and kicking. It is pounding, pounding, possibly. <laughs> but the five finalists have been selected. I spoke with Insignia this week, and we're looking for some cool ways to still bring that to life and to highlight that. So stay tuned for that. Some really cool ideas, hopefully, coming your way very soon. All right. Let's do it. Let's open this up. I think this one's going to be quite controversial, and it has to do with Panera. So Panera launched an unprecedented subscription offering surrounding unlimited coffee and tea for just, wait for it, $9 per month. Yes, for just $9 a month, you can get unlimited hot coffee, iced coffee, and hot tea at Panera restaurants for just $9, or that equates to, wait for it, $108 annually, and it's rolling out nationwide over the next week as part of the benefits in the My Panera loyalty program. And I know you're dying to go first. What do you think of this one? I don't know that I'm dying (laughs) for anything. Uh, I'm certainly not pounding for this story. Carter's face, even Um, as I'm reading this. I don't think this is a big deal. I fought to keep this out of the Fast Five because I don't 
I you were angry about it yesterday, like we're talking about Panera. Yeah, I just don't think it's that big of a deal, you guys. Like, okay, so it breaks down. So if you go there every single day, it's thirty cents a cup of coffee every single day, seven days a week, twenty four seven. Okay. Okay, you yes yes. <laughs> so Go on. <laughs> any other place? So you're you're saving potentially seventy cents on a cup of coffee from any other place you'd go, gas station, McDonald's, any other place you can get a cup of coffee. There's not even drive-throughs in all these Paneros. So you have to go into the store. Like I just don't. I think it's a it's part of their loyalty program. Big deal. Prove me wrong. Um, oh, okay. We've already been shippy today, Carter. So why don't you weigh we've in been, on this? We've been one? together for like fifteen. You guys have been together a row. really long time. No, I think so. I think you're right. Like when I was first looking at this, it's like how convenient really is Panera, right? Like you know, it. Some of them don't have drive-throughs. It's not the most convenient place. When I put it in my mind, it's not a place you inherently stop when you're in a rush, unlike a Starbucks or a gas station or whatever that might be. So, um, does a su- su- subscription model make as much sense as it would maybe at a Starbucks or a gas station? Like it doesn't. But I think the point is, is that um, this is incredible. Incredibly, it's an incredible idea. I think the, deba- the debating point is whether nine dollars is the right number. I think you could even break it down further and say five dollars. I think the point is is that you're incentivizing trips to Panera in many more way or many more times than you would in a normal month. So instead of maybe going there on every Friday morning because that's your special Friday treat, or every Monday morning to get you going for the week, all of a sudden now you're kind of in this moat. They've created this moat around you to say you've already spent nine dollars. Why don't you stop there every day? And even if you just get a cup of coffee, which I think is rare, um, you know, it's a lot easier for you to say I'm going to cup of coffee and a scone or and a breakfast sandwich or and whatever else it might be. And I think if they get even one of those upsells in a month from these members, it's completely worth it. Um, and we all know how much an actual cup of coffee costs for them. It's nothing. So I really don't see that costs are going to go, you know, the cost part from their side is, is nothing. And I think it's a great idea. Now, uh, to your point, Anne, like, yes, 30 cents a day. So I think the question here is not if it's a good idea or not, but if this is the right price point, I think it could be even more ridiculous. Bring it down to $5. Why not just make it free? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, okay. You're going to give them all your data and your your loyalty information? like Perfect. Free first cup of coffee. That's why I think this story is cool. Okay. That's exactly why. Where I think it's the shot heard around the world, or to use another analogy, it's it's Paul Revere's ride for this segment. Giving weight... (laughs) Here's here's no it's for this segment of the industry. No, I think it is. Um and it, this comes from, the inspiration for this comes from a text from a buddy Al Suarez who texted me about this story. That's why I think this story is important. Al? Al, that's why I think what? this story is important. Like not Al. It's getting chatter. <laughs> Al, I had so much respect for you. No, it, it's but here, hear me out first. Let okay. me let me okay. So Breakfast. That's what I was trying to think of. Thank God, lost it for a second in the in the in the in the in the in the little tete a tete there. But you know, breakfast is still one of those things that people are going into physical places to still pick up on their way out of work. That's where most of the growth is happening in the quick serve industry. Read it this week. So if you think about it, like Carter said, yes, for Panero, that's an interesting angle. Regardless of if it's thirty cents, yeah, sure, that's one cup, but there's more to it in terms of the add-on purchases you can get. But what's I think more interesting is the fact that this is the start of something bigger. The convenience store industry especially will start to move towards this. And so the people that go in and get their gas or stop in like zombies, like they're almost still in their pajamas on their way to work, this could be a similar type of offering that they offer to their consumers to help continue to drive a differentiation for them over the long haul. And so I think what this means is that this space, the breakfast space, is only going to get more competitive. 
and how this keeps coming about is going to be interesting. And you, I mean, you're the one who talked about Amazon Go with coffee. So where does that go in terms of that whole experience? You want us to talk about who's going to do free? It's going to be Amazon Go as part of your Prime yeah, membership. Yeah, but that, we're not on talking your way a- into work. It's not apples to apples. They're doing free hot black coffee, hot regular tea. Amazon Go is doing like full on Starbucks lattes. Like right. that's where you make your money. Agreed right now. But if you can get somebody in the door for what probably what you said, Carter, what's like a cup of coffee is probably like two cents to make. Mm -hmm. And then you're also picking something else up, but it's now part of your morning routine. This is the first shot across the bow, I think, of potentially a lot of routines being changed in the morning across the convenience store industry, across what Amazon Go is doing, across what any quick serve restaurant in the same space as Panera. I still don't think it's newsworthy. Wow. Convenience stores have been doing free coffee Tuesdays for a long time. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think that it's going to be as big, a big difference. There's Carter. a big difference between free coffee Tuesdays and unlimited coffee. Free coffee Tuesdays. And will getting get people to pay for it. Right. Free coffee Tuesdays is, yeah, you'll get in there once a week. But I think all of a sudden you'll start to see trips to Panera that you weren't planning in the first place. Habits change. Yep. All right. Okay. I don't, I still don't agree, but. You like guys if, me if Dunkin' Donuts had this, I would be all over it. For yeah, but it's not Dunkin' Donuts. For eight bucks, but why can't they do it? Because it's Panera. It's not Dunkin' Donuts. It's the brand. I guess that's where it's coming down to. I just I don't think that you're dealing with a completely different demographic. I hope Panera listens and sends you like a gross supply of tuna sandwiches. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> all right, let's do story number two. Oh my god! I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry, I forgot you have story number two. <laughs> story number two. Uh, so Walmart has announced that they're quietly working on Amazon Prime competitor program called Walmart Plus in a segment I'd like to call Put a Plus on It. <laughs> like put a bird on it, except we're going to just add plus to the end of everything. Uh, I say this because Target has announced their marketplace, also called Target Plus, as well as a few other concepts that I was able to quickly scan over as I was looking over the story. But I think, so the problem I also have with this week's stories is a lot of buried leads here. Like, what's the real headline here? One, Walmart's basically just rebranding their uh, delivery, their unlimited delivery service for $98 a year. That's what this concept is. Except with this concept, they're saying, you know, we're going to potentially, they still haven't announced how much it's going to be, if there's going to be a price increase or not, but that they are going to potentially add more perks, which could include discounts on prescription drugs at Walmart pharmacies or fuel at Walmart gas stations, um, as well as a potentially reintroducing that scan and go service that they uh, eliminated a couple of years ago. So my question is here, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that, oh, also one more thing I forgot that Chris, you'll love. They uh, also may allow text messaging. So Jet Black was, Jet Black not, was not in vain. Eliminated. You knew they threw that in just so. <laughs> it's like we got technology from the deal. Yeah. Take that, yeah. Walton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so kind of curious what you guys think. Um, I still don't know if I get Mark Laurie delivering my groceries into my refrigerator in Sam Walton's truck um, as part of this program. But are you guys, what do you guys think? I mean, I do want to hit on that real quick. Like I, that, that was making the rounds today too, in the, yeah. er, in the this week in the media too, about tar- Walmart is happy with their grocery to the fridge delivery program, which until I hear statistics, that's like jet black had a wait list to me. Right. Um, because so many people are excited about it, but yeah, I don't know. Carter, what do you, what do you think here? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the jet black thing is a whole other tangent yes. that we can get into. We'll not go right? off on that. Uh, like, I think ultimately, you know, in lieu of Prime, where they're looking for a platform that they can continue to build on. So it's not just free shipping. It's not just these added little perks. How are you building fundamentally different customer value products on top of a platform? And how does that platform exist? And what is it called? Clearly, it's called Walmart Plus. And I think with that name, yes, it is just a plus. But all of a sudden, it has no limitations. It's not just free grocery delivery. It's not just whatever, you know, might be included. I think they can continue to expand that value by adding products, just as we've seen Prime do over the last 5, 10, 15 years. Not 15, do you think 10 they're gonna, years, yeah. Do you think they're going to get into movies? They're going to create the, well, actually, that's the a, like Walmart Plus video. That's what I actually thought about, I mean, right? They have that sort of. Well, that's what I thought about, too. It's like, uh, how long until I see a Walmart app on my Apple TV? Like, mm-hmm. I see Prime Video, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's not going to happen yet. You know, but, you know, Chris, to your point, you know, they have had forays into something like that. But I think Walmart has an interesting spin on the market. You know, they have been around for a really long time. And you can't discount the fact that they've been doing this. And they know their customer. And a lot of customers are incredibly loyal to Walmart. So what are the features that they can provide that? Amazon can't. What can they bring to market that's different, that's better for their type of consumer that, you know, ultimately Amazon is trying to dig for, but ultimately hasn't started uh, started with? Yeah. And I think that's the important thing here. As much as our mind wants to go to what are the things we already see associated with Prime, the important thing here, and what I hope Walmart is doing is actually not doing that and thinking instead about what is it that a physical space where we have a Walmart can provide that gives exactly. you extra benefits from that membership. We talked about the healthcare and, and dental services next week yep. that, or last week. That plays fully into this. Yep. Like, why can't that That's be included? That's a perfect example, right? And Amazon obviously is getting into the whole thing, but I think Walmart with their stores is able to do it so tangibly. Mm-hmm. It's like come into the building that's right down your street. Tire changes. Like, yeah. there's all yeah. kinds of stuff that they can do. The, the, the subtle part of this story that I actually really, really love is the scan and go. Uh, where they mentioned that, where they also might uh, give members the benefit of using checkout free scan and go mobile applications in their store. Because what's the thing that's always been the problem with scan and go? It's been theft. But if you know who's signing up for it, mm-hmm. you then have the proclivity or the data or the ability to understand whether or not you give somebody the ability to do that or not. Because you know what their propensity is to shop in your store and whether or not essentially that you can trust them. So this segments the population into a population that you as Walmart can trust to give them an added service that probably is pretty advantageous to you. Like, for example, if I knew I could go into a Walmart and shop that way, I would probably start to choose it on a regular basis because I hate waiting in lines in stores now. I just don't I don't like doing it, um, provided it's not something I can get online. But so I think that's a really subtle interesting nuance to this story because we've talked a lot about scan and go and they've done it in sam's club and uh it's it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out yeah what's the one thing that walmart has over amazon right now and that's four thousand plus stores in the across the country so i think you guys are totally right agreed all right totally story number three Let's do it. Awesome. From the good old hometown Star Tribune. Energy here today. There you go. Uh, So here's the deal. Target's adding more brick and mortar stores, including some the size of convenience stores. Incredibly small, much smaller than we've seen before. So that's right. The Minneapolis-based retailer will add new stores in urban areas and near tourist attractions, as well as expand its store pickup operations to include, this is huge for us, fresh groceries and alcoholic beverages. I honestly think this is going to change our family dynamic. We will be going to Target a lot more. Um, Target will also include a 6,000 square foot 
convenience store concept, about half the size of its smaller city target stores. Uh, while the company also works to further strengthen its assortment of private label and national brands. So a lot of movement. Uh, so coming off of really kind of three strong investment years, which Target has spent a total of about $9 billion in capital expenditures, uh, these executives and people who are leading Target today said they'll continue at a similar pace of spending this year and next on story models, as we just talked about, and new initiatives such as robotics and supply chain innovation. So a lot coming from Target. We've actually talked about this a little bit over the last year is just the amount of money that Target is spending, $9 billion on transforming its offering from a lot. Of, and, and I think what's interesting from a consumer standpoint is a lot of that innovation from, from what I know is happening behind the scenes. It's not necessarily something that you're seeing in the aisles. It's not necessarily something you're seeing on the pickup curb. But these are things that they're changing supply chain. They're figuring out new ways to invest in retail. They're figuring out new store concepts. And I think as we've talked about before, this $9 billion might not be completely uh, visible to the end consumer, but it's necessary to keep up in the world today. And it's expenditures that they're having to make in order to make sure that in 10, 15, 20 years, they're still relevant. And they see the growth that they are seeing today. And Ann, I know you fought hard to get this one in, so I want to. We got to definitely go to you on this. But I think the point here, too, Carter, I think you're all dead right on that. And I thought, I think actually some of the things you've said in previous episodes around how this kind of changed your millennial shopping habits is really interesting. For those that haven't had a chance, and I, I sent it out on on LinkedIn um, earlier this week, the Target earnings transcript uh, that just recently came out is a really good read. You want to talk about thinking about the dynamics of what omni-channel or next generation retail means. And it's what Carter said, which is it's using your physical spaces to be adaptive to the personal needs by way of technology to what your customers need. And that's what they're talking about. Now, the point I want to get to though, which I think Anne is, 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 is interested to talk about for sure is, Okay, but let's talk about the tactics now because you're now at the next stage of the evolution of those tactics. Like, Anne, what do you, what do you think here in terms of what's actually being discussed. Well, so I guess that's that's the biggest thing that um, I wanted to talk about in this headline. One, in our little Target bubble in Minneapolis, like this is great for us because it makes our personal lives easier. And Carter, I, I'm interested to hear, like, Carter said exactly what I was going to ask him is that he thinks that this will get him to be using Target more frequently. Now, here's the thing, though, that I'm really going to be watching closely. Target's grocery still has a long way to go mm-hmm. if they're going to be your loyal grocery provider. They're fine for those pickup few pickup things that you need when you're going to get diapers and stuff. So this is going to fill a huge gap there. But Walmart's already doing this. Walmart's been doing curbside pickup for a year plus. Amazon's getting into the game. They're going to be doing curbside delivery and they're going to have Whole Foods produce in their in their offering. So my my question is, you know, as Target's going down this path, are they are they preparing to explore like how they're going to have a better grocery offering to still keep up to what you are going to be you and, you know, the Gen Z audience who are becoming parents after you are going to need and and want to still patronize the store. Um, I know they did add Boar's Heads meat this week. They announced. Yeah, so, they did. I mean, maybe that's an indicator that they're going in that direction. They're starting starting to look at more competitive competitive produce and meats especially but um but yeah i'm 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 happy that we have this but i think there's a there's a lot to come and the other thing too quick the i i believe my prediction that six thousand square foot store is going to be a scan and go target store the first one that's your prediction yes interesting i do want to come back going on record carter wow uh i do not think that so that'll be interesting carter would you buy groceries through this method 
Well, I would, but I can't okay. speak educatedly to the grocery assortment because I am a pickup customer. So, like, uh, I if, if I were to pick up groceries, it would look very different than my family's grocery habits. So yeah. that is not my role in the household. Right. Um, and mine would include some ice cream and about four frozen pizzas. And I know Target <laughs> has that. And I'd be set to True. go for the week. Good to go. Yeah, I think I think Ann here like the the point about grocery. I think that I think that I think some of that's always a red herring. Like, can Target make their grocery offering better? I think that's just really hard to do. They'd have to find the really amazing partner. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I think it's just really hard to do. Um, and so the point would be, and you know, it's probably how grocery always plays in. It's just something you might get while you're there, might pick up while you're doing something else. And that still happens with curbside because, or drive up because you're doing it. So maybe it's still convenient and beneficial for you to do it. I think the harder part or the bigger question I still have though, is all these, all these ancillary services are great, but you still fundamentally need to answer. Why am I coming to this physical place to shop? over time because all these things will begin to anniversary themselves and why they're cool and while they're at while they're cool and while they're adding growth that will get capped out um and as you mentioned amazon is coming mm-hmm. for this space in general and so more people will do that and then the pressure on how many people are still coming to your physical store will change and god even with what's going on now in terms of um you know the virus fears and things is going to start to push more people into e-commerce so again why are you coming to the store what's fundamentally different about that shopping experience that is still where if i was to give a mark on target i haven't seen anything fundamentally change except for they basically you know remodeled the curtains and, and the carpet right like the, the stores just look different and that's good but like it's not fundamentally different so what else are you putting inside that box to get people there? I think that's the question. 6,000 square feet, just to close on this, that's a big litmus test for me too because if that's just a smaller target, you're walking into a trap. And I hope Target's listening because if that's what you're doing with that, which my hunch is it is, because 6,000 square feet without testing scan and go or what I really think they should be doing is trying to get into computer vision much, much faster. Mm-hmm. That's a bold size to try to do that for the first time. If they did it, if they're trying to do that, great. But that's pretty big and adventurous, not having done anything live in front of consumers before. So my hunch is none of that's involved. We'll see. Um, but it's a litmus test because I, I think they've got to start experimenting with kind of the checkout free concept mm-hmm. more fast, faster and more readily than they are. What better place than a 6,000-square-foot store on a college campus, Chris? Agreed. 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 (laughs) Talking about new store formats, again, we have another headline this week that there's more meat, too, than than just the new fresh hippo store formats are catering, catering to different consumer needs. So the big news is here, out of China, Alibaba's fresh hippo stores um, they're rolling out several new concepts that we were not aware of, and I feel like we stay pretty close to what's happening in China, and um, so we wanted to let everybody in the OmniTalk audience know about them. So they have their markets that their new retail shopper, uh, sorry, grocery markets that everybody's familiar with, but they are now rolling out a few other concepts. So uh, some of the other concepts they're rolling out are. Fresh Hippos Farmer's Market, which is a more price-sensitive um, for consu- concept for consumers living in, living in residential neighborhoods. So it's produce, more, much like a farmer's market, but in areas where um, they're not close to a traditional Fresh Hippo market. They also have 30-minute delivery from these stores, mind you. Yeah, bulk delivery in 30 minutes. That's bulk delivery. Crazy. Almost like a Costco-style farmer's market bulk delivery. Exactly. Fresh Hippo Station. 
Um, that is fresh produce orders only. Again, where fresh hippo supermarkets are not yet available. So figuring out the you know these areas of China that are less dense, um, how they can get fresh produce to them, which will be something we'll have to follow um, since the U.S. will be catching up on this hopefully soon. Uh, fresh Hippo F2 and Fresh Hippo Pick and Go, which are two really cool concepts. These are cool. This is focused on grab-and-go food, uh, hitting on the trend you were talking about earlier with Panera. Panera's not doing this. Quit looking at me like that. <laughs> uh, so Fresh Hippo 2 is uh, providing customers with ready-to-eat foods. Like You can order on your app ahead of time. You say, I want you know this chicken dish, and it's hot and ready in a locker for you as soon as you get there. And then... Um, the pick and go concept. Sorry, Fresh Hippo F two is the the uh, the lunchbox concept. Pick and go is the breakfast stand. So the same concept, but for breakfast foods all day long. Um, we also have Fresh Hippo Mini, which is a convenience store format. One, it's about fifteen hundred square feet. Also has delivery in a one point five kilometer <laughs> it's radius. A hell of a lot of stuff. There's so many things, you guys. This is why it was like news, news, and news. We have to talk about. No, this. it's super important. And the one you didn't mention—that's the coolest one. Yes, I'm getting to that oh, right okay. now. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. Okay. Fresh Hippo Mall. Fresh Hippo Mall. So this is the coolest, if you ask me. Um, Forty thousand square feet in Shenzhen, and all the products in that mall from fresh food, from produce, from clothing, from shoes. Anything you want from that mall can be delivered within a three-mile radius within an hour. They also have a bunch of entertainment things there. They have beauty parlors, drug stores, sub and sorry, retail experiences, education, cleaning services. The list goes Jesus. on and on. So they basically packed everything <laughs> into one us, beautiful environment, <laughs> and they're just making it happen. There's a lot. May I show you? There's, there's like seven pages on this one alone. But Anne, you made it. You did it. You got I'm sorry, you guys, but there's like there's a there's a video at Alibaba site. Go check it out. Yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. The video does such a good job explaining it. Not as good as Anne did, but no. close. If I had the the crew behind me to produce that video, <laughs> I would. we should have it. We should have it running in the background right here. No, I'm sorry, but thank you. Thank you for staying with us. It's awesome. It's you'll aw- thank yourself it's- after you look at at the video. <laughs> It's awesome. It's awesome. Like, I, I want to give it, like, Chuck, if you're listening, and I'm calling your name out just with your first name, and you will know why based on our conversation. But, Chuck, this mall concept is one definitely to look at because- This mall's for you. This mall is for you. That's right. This mall's for you. I mean, that's so cool. I mean, it's basically what we hypothesized or evangelized, God, it was probably six months ago in Forbes. Let's, like, you know, put them all, put one technology for payment, put one technology for filming across everything. Let's share it. It's commune mall shopping makes a ton of sense. And Alibaba, again, is out doing it in front of everybody else. Yeah, and I think the question is going to be, you know, if we want to focus on the mall topic, which, as you guys know, is near and dear to my heart, is the idea of this, like, <laughs> it is. Why is Chris just laughing at us I left know. and right hand? We have like, to unite and go against him. I mean, it's unbelievable. Here's the deal. is is Think about trying to do this in a normal mall. You have all these retailers, all these stakeholders yes. who are all at different forms of innovation. A lot of them are behind. And trying to unite and create a singular experience across door-to-door is incredibly hard. So what Alibaba did, they're like, well, we'll just do it all. Like, we'll just take care of everything. And inherently, their technology and their infrastructure is behind it to support it all. And, and I think we're going to see how this works. I think it's going to work incredibly well. 
Uh, because it is unified, because of that unification, you're able to get that frictionless shopping. Whether it's you want to come in and get your shoes cleaned and buy some produce on the way out, or you want to swing in for lunch and grab a hot, healthy yeah. meal. Like, look at some companies who are doing this They're already really well. Already. Like, think about, well, yeah. And if you go to the food thing, it's like crisp and green, especially like in, in sweet green in New York and all that, like, food pickups just out of this world. Like, they've been able to build business on that. And I think if you're starting to see good food ready as you need it and delivered in the way that you want it, whether it's delivery pickup, up, etc. I think that's going to be incredibly uh, successful. You know what's even cooler? What's 40,000 square feet? A typical department store box. So if you think about malls and where that's going, the malls that exist all over the country today, if you of can cheap condense everything into 40,000 square feet and the rest can become living areas. Or I mean, there's right. a mall in Thailand, Life, the Life Mall, that's doing this already, where it's like the rest of it, you don't need the gigantic behemoth that are the malls of today if you can get it on. Yeah, and that's where, like, foot yeah, that is an awesome point because that's where, like, JCPenney's, when you read about, oh, we're going to add curbside pickup to 50 oh, yeah. stores. That was on the list, too. Stop week. doing that and start leading in this direction or Macy's or any other mm-hmm. department store where yeah. it's germane. Lead in this direction because you can actually lead the mall development as the anchor tenor, or, or anchor tenant. Jesus, excuse me. You have the ability to do that or at least to start that conversation in the right direction. So I, that's a great point that you just brought up, Anne. Um, pretty awesome. All right, Carter, we're, we're get us along. out of here. Oh, goodness. All right. So 7-Eleven is expanding their store concept. That's right. They're doing it nationwide. So 7-Eleven says, and this is according to Chain Store Age, 7-Eleven says that it's planned to continue to expand its C-Store concept across the country throughout 2020 um, with the opening of a DC location and one in the works in San Diego. So that's right. The evolution of the format is designed to serve as a lab store and a real-time experiential testing ground where consumers, as you know, can try the retailer's latest innovation. So we've talked about this before. So the initial location, as we've talked about a couple times, has exceeded the expectation with enthusiastic reviews, crowds of customers, and sales that are continuing to climb exponentially. Um, the concepts that resonate with customers um, basically uh, really look at the next generation of what this is going to be. What is the next generation of these C-stores? And 7-Eleven is ultimately trying to figure out how to be the leader in that. So uh, they feature an assortment of exclusive products, services, and features customized for the neighborhoods they serve. So once again, when we're looking at this expanding into the San Diego and D.C. areas, they're going to have specific assortments uh, that match that. And then, of course, their digital initiatives that emphasize the shopping experience are woven in. And that's including the technology we've talked so much about that allows the customer to skip the line and check out with a 7-Eleven app, similar to the Amazon Go concept. So clearly, what we've been talking about has been working really well. And I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. And I think that 7-Eleven, if they were able, and if they, and it sounds like they have, been able to dial in the technology in a way that they're able to scale. And that was our big concern. Can they scale this? Is it going to work well enough? Do they have the capital to innovate? And it sounds like they do. So they're quickly expanding now. Can they keep up with the expansion of Amazon Go as Anne has been so worried about for the last year? Potentially. I mean, if not them, then who? And I'm really excited to see what they end up doing. Yeah, and there was another announcement on that point too. Yeah, I think the sleeping giant, again, the there's so many buried headlines this week, is that they also acquired the 100 stores in Oklahoma that were, they were still called 7-Eleven, but they weren't part Actually of the- Actually brand-owned the stores. Brand-owned stores. So now they've added more of these stores. 
you know this is not, they're not alone. Oklahoma is just one of several places where 7-Eleven is slowly starting to creep in. And so I do, I think they're going to be the sleeping giant that we talk about Amazon getting into, you know, 3,000 locations by 2021. I think 7-Eleven is, they're setting it up so that they can be right up there and competitive. They're not going to let Amazon steal their legacy in the convenience 100, market. 100%. And they're also, I think the other key part of this story is they're playing on some of the experiential aspects too, which I never want to lose. It's not just about technology. It's also about the why I come to the physical store to begin with. Yes, checkout's a part of that, but it's also what else can I get there and why it's important to me for that moment in my life. They're playing, you know, up on that. And you're right. They're going, they, they, it seems like they, they're a good company. It seems like they seem like they see the threat. They're trying to push the boundary on innovation. Somebody that we talked to earlier this week in the convenience store industry, uh, that we have a lot of respect for too said like, yeah, this format is really impressive and very differentiating. And it was somebody that owns an independent shop. Um, you know, and so, you know, to hear that from somebody like that, I think it's a, it's a telling, uh, a telling truth about just how much change and just how much dynamism, dyn, Dynamic. Let's just say how many dynamics there are. Let's say it that way. There are in this category of business. All right, let's get out of here. What are you guys? Any big plans this weekend? I'm headed to good old Madison, Wisconsin, to help a buddy move. So that should be fun. Whoa, where's this buddy on the friend scale? It's top of the list. Top of the list. Okay, well worth it. That's like an old Seinfeld episode. (laughs) Uh, You you have to be a really good friend for me to help you move. I'm uh, doing uh, my boys and moms weekend with my best friend and her two boys. My two boys, we're going to try to survive four boys this weekend. It's going to oh. be real tough. Oh, yeah. That'll be too. Yeah, cheese. Good luck with that. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see you next week. Yeah, that, yeah no kidding. What yeah, no you? big plans this weekend, actually. So, we were supposed to fly. I was supposed to fly next week. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, you know, and uh, so hopefully just spending some good quality family time. I think that's that's actually important right now. So, yeah. So, we, we aren't going to be traveling like normal, but we hope to be incredibly active on social media in lieu of everything that's going on uh, out there. So, f- be sure to like, review, and subscribe to our podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever the platform of your choice is. And make sure to check out our videos on YouTube. And if you're not following us on LinkedIn too, that's a great place to get some of the extra content we throw out there each and every week as well. I know I say this every week, uh, and I think this week it's probably more apropos and important than ever. So on behalf of Anne, on behalf of Carter, please, please, please be careful out there. Watch your